so fucking sore today. What were you doing yesterday? Um, I was with a lady yesterday, but yesterday during... Oh, you're sore. No, the funny part is, though, I'm sore because I fell down my stairs yesterday. <laughs> like, from you're the top turnbuckle. Well, the thing is, you ever... Okay, so, this is... you have This has to be... When you have, like, hardwood floors and you put brand new socks on... Yep, and I did super, that. They're, like, extra I, slick. I slid down the stairs in our house. Yeah, I did that yesterday from the top turnbuckle. I took, like, two steps down. And then heel right off the edge of the step and just fell down the rest of like the 10 to 15 stairs. Just like bounced like on my hip and on my like shoulder. Like I am amazed that I did not have to go to the hospital after that. And I was carrying a bowl that I had just eaten lunch in. And then my coffee mug, my favorite coffee mug. Both of them shattered into a million pieces. I cut my hand and Bud just is down at the bottom of the steps and sees me falling and just takes off. <laughs> just sprints away. Just scurred. No, he's petrified. And I'm just like laying at the bottom of the <laughs> the steps, just like bleeding just out, dying. Good thing you didn't dying. break your I, tailbone. That would. I'm shocked. I'm like have a I have a bruise on my forearm. My ass is all bruised. Like it is not a good look for me. Yeah, that's rough. That I can see miserable. myself like going to the hospital and being like, and they're like, oh, what are you here for a coronavirus test? I'm like, oh no, I just you know. Brand new socks. Fell down the stairs. <laughs> Stone cold sto- sober. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. This was at like maybe it was like two o'clock. So I hadn't drinking anything yet except for a cup of coffee that I then smashed. Your favorite coffee mug you smashed. It's like a Baltimore Ravens coffee mug that's like 12 years old. Oh, so it's not that big of a deal. It's, it's irreplaceable. That's like breaking like a, a piece of like classic China. <laughs> sure. We'll go. People with still that. have China. Is that a thing that still exists? I don't know. Probably not our generation we don't give a fuck it's plates yeah it, we went from china to we're just using paper plates yeah i don't use paper plates but yeah not paper plates but just like i'm i think i have like walmart like just white plates yeah i think we bought ours from target we bought two packs of hell actually i think we got them for our wedding yeah i'm pretty sure that that was actually we got them for the wedding well at least weddings are good for something that and love and all that uh, but also degenerate plates. But yes, also <laughs> plates. What is up, you Eldrazi Scions? Welcome back to another episode of the Fetch and Shock podcast. I am your host, the last roll of toilet paper, Tyler. And joining me, as always, is my co-host, the guy re-watching It's Always Sunny for the 14th time, Matt. Matt, what is going on, dude? What's up, dude? Just trying to stay preoccupied. Stay without, sane. Without going bananas. Dogs help. Dogs help a lot. Dogs 1,000% help. I agree with that. Budweiser has been the lifeline during the quarantine. Yeah, walks. Walks are good. Yeah, as long as you're staying within, or at least six feet away from the the other person walking a dog. Literally, they all, people are, like, going way out of their way to walk around everyone. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Well, like, well, when I took Budweiser for a walk, I would, like, pass other walkers, and they would just, like, one of us would go to the other side of the street, when normally, like... They would just walk directly beside us. Yeah, right past you. Mm-hmm. Which hey, you is good. At least people are getting do, it. Yeah. There's a reason they tell you to. Yeah, it's not just for nothing. Turns out we are on what? This is week three. This is podcast number three of quarantine. Uh, my second week of quarantine. I guess this I'm is not, week. Yeah. Not really quarantine. Isolation. Yeah, isolation. Self quarantine. Keep people from being sick. Social distance. There you go. Bingo. You nailed it. It's almost like they came up with that phrase just specifically for this. Yeah, who would have thunk? Yeah, weird, right? I love the memes that are like, 
Oh, so that's what my life has been is quarantine. <laughs> yeah, it's, it just turns out I've been just quarantined for the past, you know, couple years of my life. I've been training specifically for this moment. It makes me chuckle. I love it. But it's also on the same vein. I've like not even touched like human magic cards in a very long time. I have just building decks, but that's about it. I haven't actually played with it. Oh, see, I've the only thing I've been doing is playing magic online. Again, the cube is still out. We have another, what, like four days of the cube? Five days? Yeah, something like that. I think it's out next Wednesday. But like, also, what? here's the thing. What if the cube goes away, but we're all still quarantined? It's, we're still going to all be quarantined in four days. Hate to break it to Oh, you, 100% but... we are. But like, we're it supposed to get the even... update on how much longer we need on Monday, right? No idea. Could not tell you that one. So like, are we just not going to have cube? Like, what is life going to look like? without magic online cube i'm sure they're just gonna like oh hey here's something new or something else if they do like the vintage cube or like do something cool like the grixis cube like they did yeah just mix it up do something else or, or the vintage i guess you cube. know like i could play like magic arena i could play theros limited there's a million other things i could do but none of them are as good as vintage cube which is so sad yeah why would you not play this cube have you done the vintage cube besides last week <laughs> nope i didn't even finish that one I've sent you a good handful of decks, like at least noteworthy ones. And mono red scum. Listen, bud, that mono red deck was actually insane. And like, sadly enough, that was my only trophy from this entire vintage cube so far, which there's a couple days left. So like, I wouldn't go and say it's my only one I'm going to get, but it's my only one so far. I have an infinite, infinite fucking two ones. And this was the only three one, three oh, I got do better. I'm so upset. It had to be mono red. It just had to be. Do better. I mean, the deck's nuts. Though. Like, yeah, it's re- it's really good. It just yeah. it's something like you don't interact with it. It's just like okay, take your time and do this. I'm gonna kill you. Yeah, I mean, and I posted it on my Twitter. So if you want to actually go look at the deck list, you can do that over at uh, Basic Land Bin on Twitter. But yeah, I, like there are shameless plug. I mean, you gotta throw it in when you can, right? Yeah, there's like it's a forty card deck. I'm playing 15 lands, one mocks. Off-color mock. Yeah, but you, I mean, you just got to play it. And then there are 20 cards in the deck under three mana, three mana or less. Yeah, there was, what, four or five cards that were over three mana? There are four cards over over five mana, and one of yeah. them is Fire Blast, which costs zero mana, really. Yes. Yeah, the cards that aren't True. are Thundermaw Hellkite, Hazaret, and Fiery Conflict, which are insane. Yeah, that's the the top end to that deck, which you need. Yeah, I mean, I I've won, I won some of my games by just like doing my thing and then getting like him to two rock or like thought ceased or something, and they take my action. And I'm just like in my top deck mode, um, and then I just like top deck hazard it, and I'm just like, oh, I wonder how they're gonna deal with this indestructible, uh, god that's yeah, just five, gonna smack them for five with haste, just smush, or just like top deck thundermaw after they've played like a flyer. And I'm just like, hmm, they thought that they were going to do something, but no. We're going to do it's one damage a, to it, and it cannot block. It's a, a big nerp. Mm-hmm. I thought a hell of a drug, man. Yeah, he a, he a thick boy. And also just being able to, like, go bolt, bolt, uh, fire blast. Yeah, that will fucking put people under. That's a lot of that fun. That and the, the Eidolon is really good. Oh, yeah. Eidolon of the Great Revel. The red, red one that's played in Modern Burn was so good. And also, surprisingly good, Season Pyromancer. That card's just good, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's a 2-2 two, two for 1 and 2 red, and then you can discard two cards, and then you draw two cards, and then for each non-land one, you get a 1-1. One, one. 
But there were times where it's just like I have already played everything else in my hand because it's all one mana and two mana. So I play that guy and just draw two cards and that's fine. Or I yeah, discard like something that I know is useless. Fine. And I was yeah. and I had skull clamp on the battlefield. So making one ones is a okay with me. Just throwing skull clamp on a creature and them saying, okay, bolt or kill it. And you're like, sure. Yeah. Like I, there was even times where I was just had the seasoned pyromancer out or like the Edelon out or something and just strapped a skull clamp to it just to make it three toughness or three power just to get in for a little bit more. Yeah, and if they the block, I'm drawing two. And if not, it, that's just more damage. That deck was so good. Yeah, it looked pretty solid. Well, you know, that other deck that I sent you to, the uh, Tinker deck, that deck yeah, that was one, nuts too. That one looked fun. That one, again, ended in a 2-1 because I went 2-0, 2-0, first two, game, or first two rounds. And then the last round uh, faced up against the... Mono Dak Faden deck because they just had Dak Faden on turn three both games. I'm like, huh, huh. <laughs> well, shit. And I was like, well, at least I have Sphinx of the Steel Wind in my deck. I can't get stolen by Dak Faden because Pro Red. So I tinkered for that, got it, and then they just like heroes downfall it. Yeah, get fucked. Bro. I was like, what? Where? What? <laughs> get fucked. Fair. Definitely not. Get fucked. Yeah. So either I go get Blightsteel Colossus and die. Or I go get Sphinx and die. Scarab God, Scarab God was a house in that deck, too. I stole somebody's Avenger of Zendikar. That felt good. Which one's that? Avenger's the one that makes um, equal to the number of land you control. Oh, uh, one oh, ones. And then yeah, when you ones. play a land. They all get a counter. Yeah, just imagine stealing an Avenger of Zendikar and then playing a fetch land. And then cracking a fetch land. And then also not having green in your deck. That feeling, real hard to beat. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, super good. That deck was insane. I'm really bummed that that did not get the. I will probably finish that league and do Storm at some point. I think I have like a total pile sitting in Magic Online right now. I just have not uh, finished that league yet, but we'll get there. But uh, speaking of uh, Magic the Gathering and being able to play it online, that was actually our our Twitter question for last week. Was what are people doing to keep sane in these uh, chaotic times? Uh, Magic nerds, I'm going to go ahead Got on limb and say playing magic. We got a lot of magic arena. Like Dennis, Canadian MTG on Twitter, he said magic, uh, magic arena and then podcasts. So obviously he listened to us and then had to fill in whatever other his time with like a, a significantly worse podcast. Podcasts are the way to go, man. I'm telling you. It just sucks up so much time. We've had this conversation not on the air, obviously, but about how like podcasts are just perfect for driving. Yeah, that's what I that's my go to when I'm driving long distances. Yeah, every time I travel to you, I just put on like three podcasts and then I just like blink and I'm there. Yep. Makes you go real fast. And then uh Dave Morris, he said that he's brewing, which shocker. We know the guy, he's he he's a fan of his brews. That he is. Brewing's fun. Yeah, it is. And then uh another listener Max Hallard said that he was playing Arena and also a more video game. Like, of the PlayStation 4 variety. So he's dipped into your... Are you still addicted to Call of Duty? Or did you give up on that? No, I still smash nerds. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, like, good, good, like, pro-level good, or even, like, amateurs who want to be pro. You're casually good. For how often I play it when I play, like, you... I'll play for, like, three straight days, and then I won't play for two months. And then I'll get back on and do the same thing and really not miss a beat. That shit's kind of like muscle memory, too, because it's not like... Like, that game is still the same game just with different skin on it as the game that we played in yeah, like when we were in college and in high school. It's just better graphics, golden eye. 
Oh, Goldeneye, man. <laughs> this, I actually played, like, Nintendo 64 Goldeneye this week. Do you know who's really, really good at Goldeneye? You? Kev. That doesn't surprise me. That seems like, he's well, he's freak. insanely good at, like, Smash Brothers, too. Like, yeah. he's just good at stuff like that. He's good at video games. Yeah. No, I played, like, actual, because, I mean, during the quarantine, what else are we going to do? I dug out the old Nintendo 64, and then me and my mom and her husband played Mario Kart, Smash Brothers, and, like, all of the old classics. Do you know what's really funny? In my cleaning, because I just finally finished unpacking boxes, um, I pulled out my GameCube. I'm going to set up for Smash Bros. Mario Kart Double Dash. I love that. Yeah. Well, just those old classic games are just so, so good. That GameCube probably still works better. It'll work better and longer than any other thing on planet Earth. Oh, yeah. When when eventually the rapture hits and the whole entire world explodes, uh, if you can find power and run it to something... Uh, you guarantee that N64 and that GameCube are still going to fucking fire up. You might have yep. to blow into the cartridge a little bit for the N64, but eventually it'll work. It'll still work, yeah. 100%. Like, I plugged in, um, like, Mario Kart 64, and immediately it fired up. I'm like, this is not how I remember this at all. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's you get that, and then other games are like, you look at them wrong, and they're, they scratch. Another thing I saw people doing, which was super cool to me, um, I saw a tweet. And it was just ended up being a thread of just a bunch of people posting. They're like quarantine paper magic setups, which I like thought people were going to do. But apparently a lot of people are doing this shit where they're taking like their webcams and then like rigging them up. And some of these like rigs were genuinely impressive. And they're just like putting the webcam on like hovering above a playmat. And then they're just like playing paper magic with people. And I'm like, that's a genius idea. People have done that before. Randy Bueller has done that where they like Skype and they play. Yeah, but that's something a lot of people are doing that I did not know. Yeah, because not everyone wants to wants to or has the money to dump into Magic Online. Yeah, Magic Online or Arena or something like that. And there is just something better about playing like the actual physical cards, like just the um, tactile feeling. We've and gone through this so ad nauseum, better. and I'm such a bigger fan of playing in paper. Yeah, I agree with that. But like people are just like stacking up deck boxes and like fat packs, and they're just like taping down their webcam. Or like, yeah, I saw some pretty cool setups where just someone like bringing up their laptop and like hanging it from something, you know, like that yeah. is so sketchy. It falls and cracks in half. And I love it. <laughs> puts a big friggin' ding in your lotus. You gotta risk it for the biscuit, bud. True. Yeah, that was super sweet. And some people, other people are getting creative. Like the our friend group. I don't know. I don't think you're in on the group chat because you're not big on Modo. Yeah, I am. They're oh, drafting tonight. Yeah. Yeah, they were doing an actual draft. I just silenced it because I had 99 text messages. Oh my god, it was so obnoxious. I had to quiet mine too. It was so funny. <laughs> I was like, I Jesus Christ. And I'm like, no, I can't deal with this anymore. It was just every four seconds I would be shooting something in. But yeah, they got on a uh, like a Google session, group session, and then they all... Google friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they all went on to, on to Magic Online, all went to the queues, and then one person would jump in and see how many people were in the queue. And once it hit zero, they all were just like, okay, go! And all jumped into a, a group queue together so they could all draft while they were talking on the Google uh, team or Google friends. friends. I was like, that is so smart. I mean, it all it worked. Like, it worked. It did work. It did take them like 45 minutes to figure out. But once they figured it out, they got it. Yeah. So they're drafting online with others. Hell yeah. And it's cool to see people like actually still getting together. Um, I'm 
which I needed. I was doing this before the quarantine, but the quarantine also helped push it along. But now I have a, the core group that I started playing Magic with. Almost everybody has moved away. So now we're just transferring our like Magic time to being able to play on Magic Online. And I am bringing back, I don't know if anybody still plays it anymore, but $1 Commander on Magic Online. Everything under a dollar. No, the entire deck is under a dollar. Uh, so like Popper, Commander. But even no, it's worse. not even Popper because there are some like really decent rares that are like pennies well it has to be a penny yeah there's like there are multiple cards that are like like very good very playable cards that are like yeah two cents see i don't have the time to find all that and there are a couple different resources on it like i mean there's an old article i think it's from 2017 um and i think there's a subreddit for it um yeah there's there's an old article on cool stuff where they go through like a bunch of very good commanders who are all under a dollar and like other key cards that you can find that are, are that are fit within the price range of the format. So there are resources you just have to like look at it for a little bit. Everything on Magic Online should be a dollar. And to be fair, Magic penny. Online is genuinely relatively cheap. Yeah, except like Uro right now is like sixty dollars. Yeah, you do oftentimes get like those weird cards that when they just come out. Oh, you mean one of the most playable cards, the most playable card in standard and now modern yeah. creeping into or pioneer and modern and legacy. Well, it's way worse when there's things that are that have come out in sets that aren't on Magic Online that they have to put on to be able to make the format playable. Like when True Name Nemesis came out, or even like Palace Jailer. Palace Jailer was a million dollars before because it wasn't available because you obviously couldn't draft Conspiracy. And Council's Judgment was like a million dollars. All of those weird cards, their prices were just through the roof because you couldn't really get them in packs. That's what I mean. Make commons like a penny rare or uncommons like 20 cents and then a dollar two dollars whatever you know what i mean like it yeah. seems i mean but that is like genuinely the price unless there is just such a high demand for the card like Uro, or like when renin six was huge renin six was like a gazillion dollars on magic online it was more on magic online than it was a paper that's the same with Uro, right Uro, now. yeah yep yep which that's just banana supply and demand dude even in the digital era it's ones and zeros bro supply and demand in the time of email it just well, doesn't make sense. Speaking to of me. Magic the Gathering cards, you and me were talking this week about uh, possibly unloading <laughs> a good, good stack of them. Yeah, I've been thinking about this for a while. So I'm contemplating selling all my modern Pioneer standard um, because I don't really play those formats. Yeah. And I don't really have time. Um, I'm keeping all my vintage stuff, all my legacy stuff, and all my old school stuff. But what I'm going to do. I don't even know if I'm going to get, honestly. But to sell all that stuff and just buy, like, finish my duel, uh, buy a Twister, get some old school stuff that's pretty expensive. I mean, even if you don't do it, I still think it's a productive conversation to have. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because I've also been thinking of doing something similar to that. Just because at this point, like, we're neither you nor I are, like, quote-unquote tournament grinders anymore. Like, I I'm not in college, the so time I just don't have the free time anymore. To... Yeah, I don't yeah. have the time or energy to follow with Pioneer week to week. Like, I'll listen to it. It's cool. I l enjoy listening about it, but I don't have, okay, that's best deck this week or best deck next week. No, yeah. That's... And, like, I still have pet decks in, like, modern and stuff, but I don't play decks outside of, like, the pet decks that I have. Like, I'm always going to have spirits, and I'm always going to have, like, some kind of taxing strategy. But, like, whatever new hotness comes out, unless it's, like, one card that fits immediately into that deck or one of those decks, I'm not 
buying it. And I'm not like going to build a deck around it. It's fun to brew that stuff. But if I do that, I just play on Magic Online so frequently that my Magic Online collection is just becoming more robust than my like paper collection. And I use the card hoarder rent account thing. So if I have a weird brew that I want to try, I just go and I just exchange cards with the renter program. And I like if I like the deck, then I either slowly start picking up pieces for it. Or if, and if I don't like it, no harm, no foul. I just give the cards back from the renting service. That just makes life so much easier. Yeah, you don't have to piss around with. Because mm-hmm. I I've spent probably way too much money on Magic. Let's be very honest about that. Mm-hmm. Of stuff you like I've I've bought decks and I'm like I don't want to play this deck. And like think about the time before like Magic Online, how much money circulated about people from just people being like, oh, this seems like something that would be cool. Buy it, and then they hate it, and they're just like. <laughs> gotta get rid of this now yeah but yeah i like think I've... we're both in a similar spot where it's just like we're not grinders anymore we're not going to big tournaments and the tournaments that we do go to that are larger tournaments are like you said vintage legacy old school stuff like that and those formats are like ones that we have always been a big fan of there's gonna... more fun yeah i want to keep those cards around like i'm never going to get rid of death and taxes i'm always going to play that like That's playing my old school they're generally at breweries yeah big fan of that it's like weird if you're not drinking and playing magic. Yeah, it's super awkward. But yeah, so like I don't travel for modern anymore. I play modern a bunch still on Magic Online, but I don't travel for it. Last time I played modern was in Columbus. Really? Yeah. I think in paper, that's 100% the last time I played as well, which at this point was like months ago. Yeah, it, Oko was still legal. Opal was still legal. <laughs> I like how that's how we can date magic now. It's just like, oh... This was back in that era when that was legal in the format. Yeah, for real, though. That's a timestamp now. I love that. 2019 was a wild time for Magic. Oh, in 2020, just keeps getting crazier. So how do you plan it? Like, if you're getting rid of those cards, what do you think is the best way to do it? Because I know that that's something that I feel like a lot of people are struggling with. Even just, like, selling, like, oh, I have a bunch of bulk rares. What do I do with it? Bulk rares, um, the best thing. What I've always done at tournaments I just go trade stuff in because you generally get a bonus, but there yeah. are online versions of that. Now you can do that at card kingdom mm-hmm. channel, fireball, etc. Yeah. They have like buy lists. And like you, if you have intentions like you do of turning those cards into different cards, that's always a good path because you're going to get like that, whatever store credit bonus that they're going to give you. Yeah. Generally what I do first thing, I look to my friends and say, do you guys want any, do you need any of this? Yeah. And then no. Okay. Well, I go trade it in. And like something like a GP or an SEG yeah. event or Magic Fest. Yeah, same with bulk rares. They give you ten cents a rare. I think that's it. Last time I rare. did it, and they did a, I had like a substantial amount. Um, they had a a way to do it that they uh, the card card line. Yeah, Magic card sideways was like around three hundred Magic card. So if they if they just pick out a thing and they just look through it just like for quality control, just to see if like it's all rares and they're all in decent condition. Uh, then they throw it back in whatever box it is and then just bring the card along and then just count the cards like that and then just hand you money from that. Because that's how I got um, my Scalding Tarns, my Zendikar Scalding. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, like, you might plus or minus like a dollar or two, but like fucking who cares? Yeah, at that point, it's like there it's all bulk. So it's like you're you are screwing it up by like a small margin. It's like So like, yeah, if it's a buck, that's a noticeable amount. Like yeah. that's a thick stack of cards if it's a full dollar. So like maybe you're losing 20 cents on the gig, but whatever. And if you have like draft chaff and commons and just bullshit like that, I recommend if you don't want to keep it, 
uh, find a young kid at an event, say, hey, do you want this stuff? Or go to your LGS and say, hey, um, either take this stuff or I'm throwing it away. They'll oftentimes take it because it's yeah, literally it free for them. And yeah, they might know someone who wants it or blah, blah, blah. I can't even tell you how many times I've opened up booster boxes and then had a bunch of just commons and uncommons. And then I'll have it just sitting in my house or something. And then I'll figure out that somebody I know is like starting to play magic or like getting into magic. I'm like, now here's something that's going to blow your mind. Here are all these cards. And there's to me, they're worth cards. Nothing. Yeah, but to them, space. that's like handing them a literal fucking brick of gold. Yeah, just taking up space. Like I've had people be like, "No, are really? Is that are you doing this for like really?" I'm like, "Yes, I don't need this shit." This fucking, like I'm, I would literally throw this away. You're doing if I wasn't me a favor. Yeah, yeah, which is always the sick feeling. Yeah, you're doing me a favor and making me feel better about myself. Don't take this from me. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby? <laughs> now, have you ever sold like magic cards on not t- like a TCG player or? Like eBay or anything? I have not. I have a very good eBay. Buy off of eBay? I buy so much shit off eBay. I just never sell stuff, and when I do, it's and a lot for like a couple grand. It's not anything like, oh hey, I have. I always have great plans to do so. I still have that Uro that I open. Yeah, maybe you should get rid of that. Yeah. Oh, here's an idea. Just put it into your like disk drive in your computer, and then it'll get loaded on Magic Online. And then you get more money for it. See, That's would, how it works. My computer doesn't have a disk drive because it's 2020. But... Just think of all the money that you're losing. Well, do the math. I'll jam it in the USB slot. How about that? Fold it up, cram it in the USB. Or do you have like an HDMI? That's pretty good quality. I got a four, 4K HDMI cable, bro. Oh my God, it's going to be an HD Euro? Yeah. On Magic that's, Online? That's basically foil. You can get it's like a, a zillion dollars off that. That's a foil beta version. Foil beta Euro. <laughs> That's how that works, right? Yeah, it, yeah, hundred percent. Especially when you put it from physical into your computer. Yeah, there's there's so many options now. Back in the day, it was hey, trade or get gypped by your LGS and be like, yeah, we'll give you thirty percent of what it's worth. Well, a lot of those times too, like you're at the mercy of your, the LGS that you go to. Like at least back in the day when I started, there were like two, three, like relatively close LGSs to me, and there was one that I would go to that I would that I enjoyed playing at. But if I you ever wanted to sell cards, it's just not you a good never, spot. Never ever went there. Yeah, the at the GPS and like big events, I'm gonna teach you a secret. Yes, they're not giving you exactly what it's worth. It's less generally. Sure. Here's why they they're still making money, so they're uh-huh. generally gonna give you a better deal. They well, go the, there to get stuff to sell online is what they're doing. Yeah, they're just restocking. That's why the that's really why they go to these things. Yeah. They could give a fuck about selling stuff in paper. They take it because, hey, why not? We're here. Might Just as well try to get up. rid of some of it. Yep. And the best, the good thing about those GPs and stuff, too, is that there's a lot of competition in that room, and all of them are right next to each other. So they can see what other people are selling things for, what people are buy listing things for. So that just inherently will drive buy list prices higher and actual card prices. Yeah, because if not, your competitor is going to get all the Exactly. Stuff. It's There's like if you would have one... like a gas station right across the street from another gas station. Like they could just bait each other into a hole. Yeah. The uh, There's generally always one that's pretty bad. Um, I always find that they generally have mispriced like power or something like that or higher end cards. Because I've gone also do not feel obligated if you're sitting down with someone and they're like, we'll give you this. Do not obligate it to say yes. Oh, that is 100% great advice. Because I, I mean, we even know people who have sat down and just got completely 
screwed. Yeah, it's like, what are you doing, man? Like, <laughs> just gave you $20 for snappies? Yeah, just like, are they just like, just they, you know what the price of a card is? And it might be an obscure one, so they like lowball it? And like, these people could, one, it could not be intentional or just like, they're just doing their job. Yeah, but by no means are you obligated to sell those cards. Yeah, even if they give you a price at the end, be like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to do that. If you don't oh, feel I've, comfortable, walk away. I've, I've done been that with plenty you, of times. And like, you've been with me multiple times where we've sat down for like, a like 20 minutes or something with a like a buyer and they gave us a number and we were just like mm, that's not really what i was looking for could you go any better and they're like no and we're like oh well we're gonna go ahead and go somewhere else then there's definitely been the reverse times where i'm like yeah i can't let go of it for let's use ten dollars as a number i yeah. can't let go of it for 10 you want to do like 15 and they'll be like 14 and it's like a little negotiation yeah it's a little bit of bar bartering I generally don't nitpick everything. If something's worth $14 or I'm expecting to get 14 and they put it in the 13 pile. I'll take that. Yeah, that's fine with me. It's but been it's like in my binder or something. Difference. Yeah, if it's something big, generally I go to just clean out my binder because with yeah. draft and stuff like that. And obviously that scales too. Like if you're selling a bunch of like $5 cards, that's a lot different than selling a bunch of like $50 cards. I literally had an entire binder that I sold and basically traded it for like a Mox and a Time Walk. That was, was GP Pittsburgh 2017? Whatever when it was, yeah. I, think I don't that's remember what, it was. what year. But it was all Commander stuff. Yeah. I didn't play Commander. I still don't play Commander. I have Commander stuff. See, I'm slowly getting more and more into Commander. And I love See, it. You're going, you're going that way and I'm getting more. You have been talking about getting back into old school a bit more. I just don't, I just don't play it in paper ever. I don't play it. Like, I don't really have the group to play it. Or else I would love to play that format more if I had the opportunity. Just don't. Yeah, I just bought some beta stuff online the last couple of days. Didn't, like, last week you get, like, a channel for, like, $20? Got a channel. I bought a regrow. bought some fireballs. Just beautiful cards for cheap. That's yeah, fun. Yeah, those, those, are, those are the cheap. Let's be very honest about that. That's the cheap part of the deck. I love that. Like that, those are the cheap cards. Well, this was like maybe a hundred and some dollars total, hundred and twenty or something. I'm currently watching this heavy played uh, brain geyser. Ooh, what's the what's the uh, tag on that one? Hold on, I need to bring up the eBay app. Oh, word up! And while we're on this topic about you getting an old school and me getting more into Commander, I think the big pull for me for Commander is too. It is so cheap on magic online like i said i was going to do that 1dh deck or 1dh with my friends yeah like we're also going to build other decks that have like a certain price point like we'll build like 10 dollar commanders and like like 50 dollar commanders or something like that that is like such a cool aspect of magic online so if anybody out there wants to play commander with me on magic online i would be totally down especially just locked down nobody's doing anything yeah, I'll just play Commander puts it around. Anybody. So it's currently at $212. It'll probably go to about 4 to 5 That seems about right. That's an amount of money. I have it bid to 350 right now. Now, is it beta or... I oh, know it's beta. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. I was like, there's no way that that card by itself is that much. If it's like revised. No, revised are like $4. Yeah, there's not. Well, unlimited's probably a little bit more, but not significantly. 25 30 maybe. It's the black I mean, border. Also, yeah, it's 100% uh, the black border. You're right. The co collector's edition and international collector's edition is legal in this format. Oh, that's right. I'm contemplating buying uh, CE power. Well, how much is like collector's edition power? Uh, Moxes are about five, six hundred bucks. Lotus is about two grand. Oh, see, I only say that because I think eventually they're going to say, hey, you can play this vintage. 
Yeah, but and that like the second that's announced, you won't be able to find any collector's edition power anywhere. And if you do, it's going to be massively marked up. Well, it's just going to be the it's just going to be slightly under the price of uh, unlimited. Yeah. So yeah, the moxes are five hundred bucks. Uh, Ancestrals five fifty. Time locks five fifty. Lotus is about two grand. So if I mean, if you were interested in stuff like that, and those those are really good for like cubes too. Those are awesome for yeah. They're, they're real cards. Yeah, and especially if they're in sleeves. Yeah, you can't really tell anymore tell the with the, the corners. Yeah. Well, and let's let's move from talking about uh, old cards to maybe some potential new cards. Because we got some new information today that I think is very interesting. And that is in regards to our next set that we're going to, Akora. Or Akori, I think. Akoria, I, didn't, I think. I didn't see this at all. I don't know the notes. I was coming in blind. You tried to tell that. me. You tried to tell me about it. I was like, nah, I'm going to go in. So this is exciting for me, just as yeah. it is to the listeners. So yeah, what's, uh, you're finding this out right now as we speak. So what's what's the deal with uh, Akoria? Akora, what is the... Akoria. Okay, what's the deal with this set? Layer of Bohemia. Um, so for the first time in Magic's history, they are pushing back a release. Ooh. Yeah. Damn coronavirus. Yeah, it's hitting us where it hurts right in the releases so i don't originally i believe it was slated uh well it's probably because they can't really do a pre-release it's my guess right exactly well well that's a weird thing too i believe it was originally slated for april 17th was the original release date for it and for north america europe and south america that release date is being pushed back till may 15th an entire month I think it's going to go farther. Than- so let me run you through the timeline real quick. So April 2nd, preview starts. So that's what, that's next Thursday. We are starting to get previews rolled out for Akoria. And this preview season is probably going to be sick because they are also having commander decks with these. Sweet. I don't know how that's going to be tied into preview season. Maybe it won't. Maybe it will. But it feels like we've also waited forever for a preview season. It's been a weird amount of time, hasn't it? And, and it's been like a normal amount of time, but it feels like a weird amount of time because all of 2019, it was like previews every other fucking week. Um, so their previews start April 2nd. They are going to end when the full card image gallery is released. That's on April 10th. Then um, the Aquaria like on release is going to be be on Magic Arena and on Magical Online at that point. Then in the Pacific region, however... Wizards has blocked that off. Uh, that is going to have their actual physical release then. Then almost an entire month later, two days shy of an entire month later, that is when we're going to have the uh, North American, South American, European physical release of these cards. So an entire month after the Magic Online release, an entire month after the Asia Pacific release, that's when we'll get our hands on these cards. My first thoughts, that is going to be bad news bears for lgs yeah for sure not being able to do pre-releases i um, mean and not events. Like everything that's going on right now is already bad news bears for lgs's uh this is just even worse yeah for sure it's it, it just piling on which i mean i've been on both sides of the fence with how they've done releases in the past for the past uh, over a year at this point where all the sets have been released on magic online like that Wednesday before, or like Thursday before uh, pre-release. Cause then I just feel like I'm like ready for pre-release. Cause I get to actually draft the set or do a sealed or something. I get to pre pre-release, get that out of my system and then go play a physical pre-release. It's never 
made a change on the way that the actual pre-release feels because there's nothing that feels quite like a pre-release. Makes sense. But being able to play the sets online first is definitely something I'm I'm wary about because I can see people just being like, oh, I don't need to play a pre-release because I've already done this a million times on Magic Online. Yeah, that's that is something that could happen. They're like, okay, I've done this six times already. And also, I don't even know if they're going to have a pre-release because all of these just have release dates. I don't know if the week before that they're going to have a pre-release. I mean, that everything's kind of up in the air because nobody really knows what's going to be going on. Very true. So is this going to be our the first modern era Magic set without a pre-release? I think it might be. It's already the first delayed release, but like even more so, is this going? It's weird they're they're doing the delayed release, but I get it. It makes sense. That would be wild. First time for everything. There is a first time for everything. And apparently this is it. Yeah, so that is so wild. But at least um, at least we're going to have some spoilers. I'm excited spoilers. to talk about spoilers. I fucking... I thought... And I, it wasn't... It was like last year that we were just so sick of it. We were so over it. Yeah. We are like, okay, this can be over anytime. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done seeing new cards. And now I'm just like, got the itch. I need new cards. And then we're just going to have the same issue where the new cards come out and we're just like, Wizards, no. Oko 2.0 is coming our way. I think I'm only going to pay attention to things that are going to affect eternal formats being legacy vintage. Oh, see, Anything I like other than that. The things that hit modern or just like genuinely cool things that I think would be fun to brew at. I'm just trying to save brain space. But Matt, you have all this free time now that we're in quarantine to think about everything. Fair. I actually probably don't. I have less time now because I'm not traveling and. Yeah, I love that you're just more busy. I really am. Like, <laughs> I say that and people think I'm joking. I'm like, no, I'm actually really. <laughs> but they also did like announce some other cool things that I thought were interesting. Um, one of which, or well, I guess there's two. There's going to be two new books coming out. So for anybody who's interested in like the, the novels that they write for Magic, I know the, uh, the other iteration, previous iterations, uh, kind of got in a little bit of hot water because they were kind of shitty. Uh, both through the characters and just in writing, it, they read like a kindergartner wrote them. Probably did. But there is going to there is a lore book coming out for uh, Ikora, and the one that I'm actually excited about because I haven't been I haven't read the lore in a long time. But they are actually releasing a visual history book about legend, not the set, the creature. Oh, I thought you meant like actually. I was like, that's fucking dope. No, it is going to be. From I, I guess what I've surmised, um, it's written by uh, Jay Anelli. You can find him on Twitter at uh, J13X, uh, and he's had a bunch of he's had like some interesting threads about like legendary creatures and stuff. Um, but he is he knows his shit, and like the they all that they've really released at this point is just like a basic idea that's like about legends, legendary creatures, and magic. And the cover art is fucking in. Incredible. I mean, they kind of have to be now, right? If someone came out with some shit, they're going to be like, what the fuck is this? Oh, you're right. But like the cover is like Captain Sisse and like Avacyn and Niv-Mizzet and Cranko and Atraxa just like standing like all in one picture together. I'm like, oh, that is a star-studded cast of people. It's actually other badass. Creatures. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, go check it out um, and go follow Jay because uh, he, he knows what he's talking about. He did a whole thread on... Uh, the fact that he wrote a book and he goes in a little bit more detail about uh, that. It's all about legends and all of the different things that go along with uh, the legendary creatures. It's definitely a good read. So I would go check it out. 
And I'm probably going to be buying the book. That's not surprising. Yeah, it's it's promises to be pretty sweet. And all of like the other art books that they've done for Magic, like they did the Zenikar one, they did the Innistrad one. Those are, they're pretty expensive, but this one is significantly less so. The, the hardcover for this one you can order right now uh, for 20 bucks. That's solid. Yeah, that's not bad for a, an actual book. Yeah, and that that's for the physical copy. And you can also, I mean, if you have a Kindle, you can get it for 10 bucks, but... I'd rather those are that's something you want to have like the hardcover of. Yeah, for sure. But the other books that they've done, like for the art books, those all have been like like fifty, sixty dollars. So they're like a premium price, but they are so sick. And they're just such a cool like coffee table book or just something to have in a collection. It's just like high res versions of all of the gorgeous art and like reference material for like the the best places. Yeah, that's pretty cool. In a strad all of the heavy hitters like the Innistrad one is beautiful that's the one that i have like kind of coveted but i've never pulled the trigger on that is just such a sick piece of literature though yeah that sounds pretty cool hell yeah so yeah there's cool good stuff like that a Korea coming well a Korea announcement also coming with that was was a nice little addition and well i'm interested to see how everything folds out from here on out I mean, it's obvious that this this whole global pandemic thing has uh, impacted everything uh, magic and beyond. But the uh, actual extent of the impact, I don't would like nobody even has any idea of how far that's going to reach. Uh, and we are not going to know for a, a probably a good amount of time for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm I, at least I thank God magic online exists. That's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be losing my fucking mind. Magic might have died without it. it. I mean, honestly, it at least took a severe hit. Yeah, not wrong. All right, Matt, I have a question for you. What's up? Have you been cooking recently? I've only been cooking. All the restaurants are closed, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, have you cooked up anything particularly spicy recently? I actually have not, but I found some spicy cooking. Oh, yes. You actually, did some trolling and some scrolling. Yeah, actually from a uh, friend of the cod podcast uh dave dave morris yeah dave homeboy and i were talking about uh his one deck he called it Junderstorm. and that's going to be the official name when when somebody event ends up taking down uh a magic online event yeah that, that's what's gonna be called he gets the uh credit let me hold on let me bring up the list here i had it up but he's the deck builder also with a magic online they've been uh, upping the number of like events that they've been having which i think is super cool um, but they have done one of the cheesiest things ever and they have been doing super qualifiers and I just hate the fact that they're called super qualifiers for no yeah, other reason. Than I think it sounds stupid. <laughs> it just sounds yeah. dumb. Yeah. I'm playing in the super qualifier. There's actually a legacy one. I believe going on me right now. It might be over at this point. Yeah. All right. Super qualifier. So he actually Twittered me the one deck. Hold on. And then we, I was tweaking it to be mono red. Well, that doesn't sound very jund. The fuck is it at? Oh, it's in. It's on the Twitter page. So if anybody wants to look at the deck list, they can super yeah, sleuth and he, find it. But his idea was Tronland, uh, ramping and drawing in to Dragonstorm, and then playing big beefy idiots to kill them. Huh. I made I... the suggestion to go mono red. Okay. My list consisted of four Dragonstorm. Two sure. Bogard and Hellkite. So it's a big dumb dragon that's 5-5. Five, five. When it enters the play, deal 5 damage divided as you choose. Among any targets. 
Yes. Two, Dragonlord Atarka, which same thing, only players or Planeswalkers for that one. Is it eight damage, though? Mm-mm. Oh, it's only five? Still five. I thought it was so much more. Two, Dragonlord Kolagon, which gives uh, your dragons haste. Yeah. Terror of Mount Velis. I'm not going to lie. I have to look that one up. Yeah, I've, I've, like, if, just imagine one of us getting that card on Accumulated Knowledge, and us both just stumbling through it and never getting it. For sure do that. Yeah, I'd go so far as to say I've never heard that before in my entire life. Let me bring it up here. I have so many apps open. So this is Terror, Terror of Mount Velis. It is five red, red, flying double strike. When it enters the battlefield, creatures you control gain double strike. Hmm. I can see how that would be good with hasty dragons. Yeah. And then, uh... Two Thundermaw Hellkite, so it's just a, we just talked about Thundermaw Hellkite. Uh-huh. Five mana, 4-4 four, four haste. When it attacks, deal damage to everything without flying, I believe. They can't five, fly. 5-5 five haste, but it deals, yeah, it deals damage to everything. It deals one damage to all creatures with flying. I believe, you believe that your opponent controls. Um, and then you tap those creatures. Yes. Um, and then I went four mana more. So that's your Dragon Storm combo for like two or three uh, you can kill them with, you get a Hellkite, deal them five, get a hasty dude, get the double strike dude, game up. Yeah, that seems like enough. Yeah. And then four mana Morphos just draws draws you through your deck, adds colors if you want to play different colors. Four Iron Crag Feet. This is the thing from Throne. That's four mana. And then add seven red. Oh, and you can only cast one like, spell one, after that. One more spell after that. So that and one additional mana floating. And gives you enough to Dragonstorm. You Dragonstorm, yes. Huh. Um, for uh, Chromatic Star to dig, for Sphere to dig, I suggested, sphere. yes, I suggested switching those out for other rituals. Well, how many rituals is the deck playing? Just the, Just the, the feet. from Thrones? Yes, there are currently five open slots. Okay, so this is work and, in progress. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, for Veil of Summer, because fuck counterspells, fuck them, haha, <laughs> you suck. Yeah, counterspells are pretty... Well, and also, Dragonstorm is a storm card that is just okay with not worrying about Veil of Summer. Yeah, you just it's don't a, give a shit. <laughs> yeah. Is that the only storm card that just doesn't care? Well, it's really just to counter... Um, any counterspells. Any counterspells and to protect um, your feet, pretty much. Sure. The Iron Crag feet. Yeah. Two Wishclaw Talisman. So that's also from Throne, where you Demonic Tutor and then they get it. But the idea is it's basically a three-mana Demonic Tutor, which, go Seems fuck okay. yourself. Yeah, and I think that should be up to four. Yeah, I mean, because if you're just using it uh, and then just killing them, you don't have to worry about giving it away. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then five open slots, like I said, and 20 lands. I, do, I don't hate his idea of the Tron, Tron pieces just to be able to dig in and have seven mana and a bunch of red mana there and then say oh here's a big dumb idiot oh here's another big like, dumb idiot i like leaning into rituals i think more than that that was my thing uh play those some simian spirit guides ramp you out and then play some street raids draw a card just you want to churn through and kill them very fast yeah that was that's well the and the spice. thing is you're you want to be able to up the storm count relatively easily too do you think like maybe some amount of like burning tree emissaries would work in there you could it does you only really need to storm two yeah, you, you only need to storm spells. a small amount. Yeah, so your third turn, third or fourth turn, you ritual. Third turn, you ritual, exile spirit guide, feet. Uh, you have the seven mana and then a, a land untapped. 
and you're pretty much there. You get two guys. You can get, if they don't have flyers or they're tapped out, guess what? You get a hasty dude and a double strike dude that are both 5-5. Five, five. That's 20 damage. Yeah. Now, I'm just worried about like just being able to draw the part of your combo because you're not playing any blue or anything. That's why there's two pieces. And I think that's where he was thinking Yeah. the Tron lands, which I don't hate. No, I definitely don't. I'm not against it. It's just, I just like the rituals need... because they, they work double duty. They ramp you mana and they also increase the storm count where the Tron lands just ramp mana more efficiently. And more consistently, I guess. Let's be very... You could easily just play the 12 Tron lands and 8 or 9 mountains and be perfectly fine with that. Yeah. And then you could also do, like, a sub-package of, like... Uh, you like you could legit, like, the mono-red Tron thing where you play, like, Stuffy Doll and... Uh, Blasphemous Act. Act. Yeah. So this, this deck is... It's spicy. There's a lot of different ways you can go with it. It seems fun. It really does. Because who it, the fuck no, is expecting 100%. Dragonstorm? Oh, it's definitely sweet. It's super sweet. I'm just thinking of ways to just improve it. That's definitely something that be, will work a lot. Probably not. But when it works, whoo, it'll work, and it's going to feel so sick. The The main goal of this version is literally to protect Iron Craig Feet. You could literally play the blue uh, pact if you wanted to as well. Oh, yeah, you could. Ella Summer does a good job doing it's that and also better. drawing the cards. Yeah, it's just better. It stops Thought Seizes and... Yeah. You know what the card would have been sweet in this deck? Once upon a time. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. That's what he Ooh. said. He's like, well, that was in here and then nope. Yeah, we're a little... Yeah, we feel a little bit bad about missing Once Upon a Time in this bad boy. But I don't think that makes it unplayable. No, I think Wishclaw Talisman to go. And I do think Modern's in a really good spot right now. We're doing stuff like weird like that it is for like advantageous. Like you can get away with doing weird shit in Modern right now. You don't use your graveyard. Uh, you're not really hindered by artifact hate. You're just playing big, dumb red idiots that kill them fast. Yeah, as long I mean, as long as you don't like just like fall super far behind and then just get like over controlled by like the like the bant like Snowblade deck with it's playing like Euro and like Teferi and all the like the it's playing like Astrolabe and shit too and Ice Fang Coddle and stuff. Double Strike laughs at Coddle. Do they have Trample? It doesn't matter. You just have a bunch of big ass dragons. They have to. Deal I guess with. you do have like three dragons at that point. Yeah, That's like right. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, you, you have multiple have dragons. To deal with those. <laughs> You're not wrong. I do feel as though there are a lot of uh, like Field of Ruins and in the format right now, so that might not be the best reason to play the Tron lands. Yeah, that's possible. You could honestly also play the Perforus too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that or through the breach. Those are both good options. Now, do you think Perforus is better than through the breach in something like this? I'd have to read Perforus again. Honestly, I know that it does the sneak attack impression for red creatures. Yeah. And that's the thing. All of these creatures are red. So that's a big thing for Perforus. And it's not like through the breach where you're through the breaching in like an Emrakul where it's just like, oh, you kill them as soon as that through the breach resolves. Like you might need multiple activations of like a through the breach sneak attack effect. So Perforus fits that slot a little bit more so than anything else. Yeah. And you can just say, oh, here's two dragons. Have fun. Yeah, exactly. Because you are right. There's not currently a way to get them out of your hand if you draw them. Yeah, which I can see being awkward. Just drawing, like, the wrong half of your deck. Well, I think that's where Dave's idea of having the Tron Lance... Tron Lance to just be able to hard-cast them motherfuckers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's definitely something. 
then you can play like blood moons and but even then i think just playing like the normal rituals and the perforos like that's less mana total and it's not like you need the dragons to stick around for a particularly long amount of time they just need to stick around long enough to come down uh get you dead which is usually just a turn yeah won't take too long that's the the beauty of the the haste and double strike guy oh yeah and like there used to be an old Dragonstorm deck that just played four Bellgarden Hellkites. That was a that was a dark time though. That's that was time spiral block standard, I think. Yeah, the the difference in power level of the dragons that you can tutor up is pretty significant. And you can always just sideboard like the blue black one or the white white blue one. You can do oh a yeah, like Ojatai, yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, that's definitely a thing. That does make your sideboard interesting. Also, but so would. In that world, if you especially if you play the Perforos one, what do you think the chances of playing something uh, like that goes and gets something from your graveyard or not from your graveyard from your sideboard, like that black black two one that you can go get something from your deck or from your sideboard? Masterminds acquisition. Yep. Well, what does that do? It just it goes gets the thing, puts it in your hand. Dragonstorm searches from your library. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If for the Perforos version. Oh, yeah, you could for sure do that and then play a bunch of one-ofs and... Like, really, like, specific niche. I mean, I don't, I'm don't. i not well-versed in the dragons of Magic the Gathering uh, to be able to decide whether that would be worth that investment. Because, like, it's obvious that if you can do that effect with something like Karn, where you're going to get artifacts, that's a very potent strategy because you can go get some disgusting artifacts. I don't know if the dragons are as potent as the artifacts are in that scenario yeah i don't think that they are there's definitely some heavy hitters oh for sure they're all dragon um, yeah i think fey of wish gets non-creature yeah fey yes, of wishes is non-creature that's correct it's gotta ruin our fun fey wow way to go fey of wishes real asshole over here <laughs> real prick this thing yeah, is um i'm a little upset that he just didn't auto include four shivan dragons but it's okay <laughs> there's a time and a place for shivan dragon and I don't think it's modern. Definitely not. <laughs> Unfortunately. Definitely not. <laughs> but sweet deck. So thanks, Dave. Yeah, Pretty super cool. spicy. Dave, I'll continue to work on this with you for sure. Yeah, I like that deck a lot. And if anybody else has, has a deck out there that they think is uh, spicy, let us know. Yeah, feel free to come at your boy. Yeah, this was fun talking about this super weird deck. Because usually we just find something online that sparks our interest. And we talk uh, to lengths about those decks. But this is a this is definitely one off the beaten path and definitely something sweet. I have one for next week already, just so. Oh, I love that. Locked and loaded. Yeah. So Dave, honorary sous chef. Yeah, Dave. Thanks. This is his brainchild. Um, I took it a completely different route. Um, you can tell me to fuck off and play what you want to play. I fully expect that. Yeah, that's uh, a beautiful part. His is like actual jund with Tronley. A little bit, a little bit different. Like I said, go through the Twitter. You can find it. He was tweeting about it. You could. What's his Twitter handle? Um, I will find it right now. What if I find it first? God damn it, Dave! It is at underrated Dave on Twitter. Underrated, you son of a bitch! It's an underrated Twitter name. If we're gonna be honest. Fuck off. <laughs> oh, it's David, not Dave. That's why it didn't come up. Underrated David. Yeah, you idiot. Yeah. So shout out to Dave. Yeah. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. So that's our shout out for the job, episode. <laughs> my job, easy. Yeah, love it. Well, Matt, 
We had a lot of fun talking about that deck. Did that was a that was a fun one. That was spicy, spicy it really meatball. Was. Do you want to talk about stuff that we are having a, where we have significantly less fun with? Talking to you. <laughs> oh, got me good. God damn it. <laughs> no, I'm I'm alluding to our top five for the week. Ooh, yeah, that was good. I did not know where you were going with it. Hit me. That was. Listen, man. I had a lot was... of time. To... That was good. I will give you that one. <laughs> well, our top five this week is a lot more like a bottom five. The top five, bottom, top, bottom, bottom, top. Top five bottoms. <laughs> bottom top fives. Yeah, one of those two. So our top five this week is our top five least top five, favorite cards. Top five bottoms, like some weird, gross ass picks. That's our. That's my other podcast. Oh, okay. My bad. Yeah. Mixing worlds here. <laughs> No, our top five is going to be the top five least favorite cards to play again. Do you have any shout out or not shout outs, uh, honorable mentions? Do I have any honorable mentions? Huh. I have six. Six honorable mentions? Five honorable mentions. Sorry, I lied. Oof. Um, I would nope. say. Yeah, five. I love playing this card, but playing against this card when you're not prepared. Oh, I love playing a single one of these cards. I just hate playing against it. See, my thing is, I can see how people would not like playing against this card, but almost every deck that I play is, like, well-suited to play against it. But, so, I guess my honorable mention will be, like, Smokestacks. Yep, that's a a shitty one. It's an artifact that you get to put counters on, and then at your upkeep, or at each player's upkeep, they sacrifice permanents equal to the number of soot counters on smokestacks. And you may add them. You do not have to. You don't have you to. Yeah. So you so can you like leave it at stop it none. You can stop yeah. it one. You can stop it two. But you have the option to add a counter every upkeep. And then the way you stack it is that you play it, your opponent's next upkeep, it's at zero. Your upkeep, put the put a counter on trigger on the stack. And then on top of that, you put the sacrifice counter on. So you sacrifice nothing and then it gets a counter. It goes to your opponent. They have to sacrifice one. It comes back to you. You sack one, and then it can add a counter, and then so on and so forth. And the way you play the deck is you just have more resources to sacrifice to the stack than your opponent does, and then your opponent just has no permanence. And you, whenever you're done, just get to sacrifice Smokestack. So one of my honorable men is a real big uh, friend of Smokestack. It is Tanglewire. Tanglewire! Yeah, I was going to throw Tanglewire in there, but I don't hate Tanglewire as much as I hate Sacks. Fair. That is fair. So Tanglewire is three mana. Comes into play with four counters on it. In the beginning of your upkeep, each each player's upkeep, that player taps uh, a number of permanents equal to the number of counters on Tanglewire. And then when there are no more counters to remove, you sacrifice. It goes bye-bye. Here's the fun thing. You can tap Tanglewire to itself. Uh-huh. It's a fun little, fun yeah, little thing for creature, you. Yeah, because it's creature, land, or artifact. Yep. So what else is on your... I have no more honorable mentions. Oh, I got a couple. Uh, so let's see, run them off quick. Choke. Oh, see, I, I hardly play blue deck, so choke doesn't affect me. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That makes um ensnaring bridge. Ooh, ensnaring bridges. Okay, I I. Oh, so hold back. on. Uh, choke islands do not untap during the untaps. Yeah. Okay. Good call. Choke is a weird one. So like, yeah, it's smart to do that. Um, ensnaring bridge is an honorable mention now of mine because I yeah. have in the past really really not enjoyed playing against that card it's totally fucking ruined me yeah you pretty much just if you don't have a way to deal with it you lose the game are basically decking them or hoping they just draw so bad they can't play stuff but that's that's not there's ever there's been multiple instances in my life where 
uh, somebody plays an Insaring Bridge, and I'm just like, well, and now I just have to draw a Flicker Wisp, or else I cannot win this. Yeah. So, so many, so many moments in my life where that's happened. Uh, the decks that really took advantages, advantage of this are um, Lantern. Uh-huh. Lantern Control and Modern. Eight Rack. Yep. And occasionally Burn. Yeah, in particular, Meta's Burn has definitely abused And now, now Tron deck in the sideboard being able to fetch it. Yep. All right. Uh, that's winter, a good honorable mention. Winter Orb. Ooh, so it, that's player. similar to Tanglewire. Yeah, sort of. It's two mana artifact. Um, each player may only untap one land during their untap step. Yeah, and that could be a beating. Yes. And uh, finally wrapping up my last honorable mention, everyone should know this one, Chalice Avoid. Oh, see, Daddy likes me a Chalice Avoid. See, this one was, I struggled with this because I really love this card. Um, yeah, it sometimes sucks, but it's so fun to try to sneak in Chalice Checks. Oh, so you you just, you like to play against it because you're just like, oh, we're going to play this mental game now. I've gotten many, many spells through, uh, like on one, for example, when they had a chalice on one. The way you got to do it, I'm going to teach everyone a quick story time with Matt here. <laughs> you got to get them thinking about something else. You go to do something, they do it. Okay, in response to that, I'm going to plow or path that dude. And they're like, shit, go get my land. And then like, as the turn progresses, they're like, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. And there's not, there is no better way to put your opponent on complete tilt than having them realize, like, mid-match that they missed a Chalice Trigger. I've done it, like, uh, the last time we played Modern, actually, I got two in the same game. Oh, I was I, sitting next to you when that yeah, happened, and I was like, oh, I was I looking at my hand, he was like, he has Chalice in one, and I was like, do I do this or this? And they were both one-mana spells to counter something. Yeah, and I was and like, you just, uh, like, you that. got, like, a shitty grin. You're like, probably that. And I did it, and he was like, okay. And he's like, <laughs> you, after you the and just, we both just looked at each other, just like, oh, we did it. Yeah, got it through. That was teamwork. You're making the dream work, baby. It's a little scummy. Oh, it's 100% it scummy, but I love it. Part of the game, it, I is, guess. it is a trigger, and you have to remember your triggers. It's not like I was doing it super fast, be like, oh, do that. Um, I very clearly, so there's never any issue, I said, plow this guy or path this guy. And uh, like I set my card down on top of it, and they go, sure. Yep. Uh-huh. All right, so what is your number five? There's just my little story time with story time with Matt. Story time with Matt and Chalice of Wood, featuring Chalice of Wood. Yeah. Um, my number five is actually two cards, but these two cards are very similar. Okay. It is Ristic Study and Smothering Tide. Ooh, those are both really good. Didn't even think of that. Yeah, I, and it's like those cards are obviously very very good, but it's not the cards that? themselves. Do you want to pay one for that? It's exactly that. It's the fucking. It makes the game so annoying because the one player with the fucking Ristic Study or the Smothering Tides is there's only two ways it can go. Either the person completely forgets about it and it makes no impact on the game whatsoever, or it is the most annoying fucking thing on the planet where, like you said, do you want to play one for that? Oh, do you want to play one for that? Oh, how about that? Do you want to play one for that? And I am the person who literally fucking never, ever pays horrific study mistake i refuse just because then if i don't pay then they stop asking and i that's the only reason why i don't fucking want to pay for it because i just hate <laughs> those cards with such a strong strong passion i hate horrific study and swathering ties maybe it's commander you hate no i love commander i just hate those cards <laughs> Fair. fuck those cards god damn it oh this is getting me worked up already <laughs> my number five is actually smokestack oh nice yeah 
I couldn't give it away when you said it, but yeah, that's my number. Yeah, five. you did. You did hide that one pretty well, and for reasons that we already covered, Smokestack is a real turd. Yeah, real hot. How about your number uh, four, Blood Moon? Oh, see, I Daddy's got a soft spot for Blood, and also so I play I. a bunch of basics on all my decks. So, oh, that's what I said. I love playing all of these cards, but I hate when I'm playing against them. That's true. Uh, yeah, Blood Moon turns all non-basic lands into drum roll, please, mountains. Mountains. Yeah, everybody loves a mountain. Everybody loves a mountain. I do love me some Blood Moon. See, that's the thing, too. You've played all the cards that are in your top five least favorite cards to play against. I've played every single one of these cards multiple times. I have played one copy of one of the cards in my top five in a sideboard of a deck. I refuse to play any of them. Fair. So what is your number four? This My number four is the one that I was telling you about that you would have never guessed in a million years. And I just have like an unreasonable hatred for this card. It is spreading seas. Oh, that that's not even a very good one. It's, I hate it. And that's why it's, it's, I mean, your number four and my number four are actually pretty similar cards, except for yours just does so much more work. Oh, mine does way more work. Um, but my friend Austin, he was a devout uh, Morphog player for a very long time. Uh, so uh, spreading seas is one in a blue enchantment. That land is now an island drag. Yeah. So I can't even tell you how many times I was like building a deck and like trying to brew something. And then I would play test against him and he only had Merfolk and he only played Merfolk. And so I would be doing something like trying to do something stupid, like some four color control deck with like gifts ungiven and like unbearable rights combo or something. And I would start playing my game plan and get like my first shock of the game. And then it would just be immediately turned into an island and I would just be unreasonably fucking tilted about it. I hate spreading seas so much. And it's just sense. like, oh, I had this uh, like blood, not blood stain mire. Fuck, I, I'm so frosted right now. Um, <laughs> blood crypt. Like I would have a, like a blood, fetch a blood crypt and be like, oh, your island walk can't touch me. And they're like, mm, no, your blood crypt's an island. Now I can walk on it. You fucker. Oh, I hate it. Sounds like it. Fucking miserable. <laughs> what is your number three? My number three is actually three separate cards <laughs> oh jesus um, they, i can guess what they are they all do a very similar effect though it is plague engineer sulfur elemental and dread of night that's not the one i was thinking given, really yeah i was thinking something else Ooh, maybe it's maybe it'll show up a little bit later so those give everything minus one minus one it gives, plague yeah, engineer, it gives a yeah. certain kind of thing minus one minus one sulfur so, elemental and dread of night or white creature. Yeah, they give sulfur elemental gives white creatures a plus one minus one. What do you know about split second? Oh, I hate I hate everything <laughs> about it. God damn. And then dread of night is an enchantment that gives all white creatures minus one minus one. And then plague engineer, uh, probably my least favorite card printed in 2019. Uh, it's up there at least is why my least favorite card printed in 2019. Uh, it gives all creatures of a chosen type minus one minus one. And the fucker is a 2-2 death touch, which is just icing on the cake for that card being the worst card ever. Like, Plague Engineer is so far beyond all of these other, the other cards that I mentioned, but I have to mention them all because they all do a similar thing where I'm just trying to have fun. I'm just trying to play my white creatures, and then those cards just say, no, you're not allowed. I no fun for it. you. I hate it so much. Fuck all of those cards. Don't, like, and just effects that just completely cut off an entire color, i.e. choke. It's what it just the worst shit on the planet. I hate it. You know, it's worse than that. Your number three, Stasis. 
Ooh, <laughs> stasis is a really good one. Uh, so it's one and a blue. Each player skips their untapped phase. During your upkeep, pay blue or berry stasis. Huh? So this is a big old slow the fuck down. Yeah, this puts the game on halt. Eat. Yeah, officially on notice. This is uh, really good with Time Vault. You can just skip your turn, untap it, and then take a couple turns in a row. Yeah, turns out. Not a bad idea. And when you take when you take the couple turns in a row, you don't have to pay for stasis. You can just let it go if you have a game plan that's going to win the game. Yep. Which is super sweet. Super sweet. Yeah, stasis is a sick card. Yeah, it's it's miserable to play against, but it's oh, also I can definitely super fun to play. It. Yeah, it's definitely a miserable card to play against. Um, But man, is it fun to play. I agree with that 100%. So my number two is Armageddon. Oh, you were just listing some of my favorite cards ever. Like Blood Moon, Geddon, sign me up, man. And that includes like Blood or Armageddon and Ravages of War. They're the same thing. Um, yeah. Destroy all lands. Three colorless. Uh-huh. Yeah, just just all the lands that are on the battlefield, goodbye. Yep. Uh, now, my question for you is, do you in this, in the in the world that you're you're saying that you hate this card, do you also want to lump in cards like Cataclysm where it's like almost like a balance thing. No, those are fun. Okay. What about like uh, Wildfire, where you sac- where each player sacrifices four lands? Nope, that's fine. Armageddon gets rid of Everything. all of them. Okay, cool. So that is that is where you draw the line. Yep, it's oftentimes just because you know you have Armageddon. They may have a hint that they ha- you have Armageddon, but you know for sure, and you can just say, "Yep, fucking reset button." Oh man. See, I love me some Armageddon because all I'm doing is like turn one playing a creature turn two play a creature turn three play a creature turn four getting and then play my opponent's just like um uh, dead yep like, oh yeah, it definitely are. ends games you're dead yep <laughs> you're so dead it's gonna take a couple more turns of attacking but you ain't living through this bud yeah not super fun super fun to play love, not super fun love to play again. that's a good so, number two what's your number dose my number two also like plague engineer a modern horizons card it is a planeswalker for a green and a red it is Renin Six. Yeah, that really fucks up Death and Taxes. Oh, the 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 time where Renin Six was legal in Legacy might be some of my least favorite Legacy I've ever played in my entire life. I had to play Giver of Ruins over my in Death and Taxes, yeah. be just for the sole reason that Renin Six was a card that exists. And any card that exists and makes me change a core strategy of the entire archetype that I love playing. X ones <laughs> is a bad time for me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and all the deck is, is, is one toughness creatures like mother of ruins, Thalia, flicker wisp, uh, recruiter of the guard, Phyrexian revoker. Everything has one toughness. Yeah. It's and they literally... all die to run in six. Yes, they do. And run in six just lets your opponent have perfect mana while you're over there, not having a run in six and not having perfect mana. Like wastelands don't do anything against run in six because run in six is run in six. Have you thought about playing run in? No, no, no. I, I can't abandon my morals like that. Fair. What? Uh... So my number one most hated magic card of all time, and this has been the case since this card was printed. I've never hated something more. If I could just pick one card and just control all delete it from the entire history of magic, it would be this card. It is Coligan's command. I hate it. It's literally just reason the card. Kill target Tyler. Stoneforge. Fuck you. Yeah, like your Stoneforge and your artifact. Yeah, kill your creature, uh, blow up your artifact. Or the classic, blow up your artifact, get back Snapcaster Mage from my graveyard. 
and then recast Cole against command. Like the first Cole against command that you that gets cast against me, I'm like, Ugh, oh, that's such a setback. It's such a brutal two for one. It's like my best things are totally gone for three mana. That one, though, sometimes you can fight back from. But the second one and the third one are absolutely lights out. Like there's a good chance that the first one might just kill me dead. But there's such an impossible Lilo number of times that I've come back from a second goal against command or third goal against command. It's like it got to be single digit about the, the number of times that I've beaten that card. Really? If it's cast twice. It's good with Snapcaster Mage. It's very oh, it's good with so Snapcaster Mage. so good with Snapcaster Mage. Mage. Fuck goal against command in every format too. Legacy, modern, shit, even commander, vintage. When it was in standard, I'm sure I would have hated it in standard. Thank God it's not. Probably. Fuck goal against command, dude. Oh, I don't even want to think about that card anymore. You're getting real heated with this one. I hate goal against command, dude. I hate it. I'm Are sure your number one is uh, equally emotion provoking. About to say, you ready for... For daddy's number one. I cannot wait. Trinisphere. Ooh, Trinisphere. I love Trinisphere so much. I had an inkling that Trinisphere was going to be in your top five. I did not know it was going to be number one, though. Yeah, good old T-Ball. Three mana. Everything now costs three mana as long as it remains untapped. Yeah. Trinisphere is a beating, dude. Yes, it is. But it's also a taxing effect, so like, I, I love Trinisphere. I'm just, like, there's a reason you always keep force of will and vintage because a turn one measures workshop into trinosphere into t-ball is gg's well, but extend the hand if you can't counter that it's generally like workshop mox mox t-ball or and even worse it could be like uh shop mox mox creature t-ball and then you're dead if you don't yeah. counter the, the the ball can do that too like i can't That's even tell you how many thing. times i've seen like that exact sequence with like a Ravenger being the creature. And you're just like, oh, okay, this game's over. Yep, just done for. And like the decks that you like to play in the format you like to play, that card is particularly potent. Yeah, that's fair. I don't really hate a T-Ball being played against me because I'm like, okay, that slows my opponent down. And like also Rashad and Port, pretty good against Trinosphere. And I don't play against uh, Rashad and Port is not good against Trinosphere. Oh, I think it's great against Trinosphere because oh, I you mean just tapping their stuff down. Yeah, tapping their lands. I was like, you can't tap Trinosphere with that. No, if I if I go like if I'm on the play and I go turn one Aether Bile and they go turn one Trinosphere, if I can follow that up with a port, I just don't lose that game ever. It's fair. Yeah, it's, it's a fair way to look at it. Yeah. Oh, I actually enjoy playing against Trinosphere quite a bit, but it can just get you. Those were some very powerful magic cards that we just listed off. Real powerful magic card. I would say a bunch of powerful magic cards and then spreading seed. <laughs> and yeah, and then it's like probably close to the top most powerful hate cards and then just some bullshit card in there for whatever reason. I hate it. It's merfolk. Blame the merfolk. Blame the fish people. Blame the fish people, huh? You hear that, Tolarian Community College professor? I'm coming for you. Ban merfolk. No, he's a big merfolk uh, guy. I actually knew that. Ban Merfolk. Yes, ban Merfolk. I agree. Unless you like Merfolk, then... uh, No, actually, if you like Merfolk, don't talk to me. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) Yeah, eat shit. Incoming, all of the cards that I'm going to get in accumulated knowledge are going to be Merfolk. Yeah, you knew it somehow. the Pearl Trident. (laughs) You figured it out. I don't know how you did, but you did. Figured it out somehow. How about that for a transition, though, bud? That was a good one. We're going in. For the final portion of the podcast, our game, 
a little bit of accumulated knowledge. Final countdown. And you are asking me, right? Yes. That is that is something that's happening. So you load it up and I'll run through the game. Okay, okay. So for those of you who are unfamiliar, every week we play a little game called Accumulated Knowledge. Uh, in this game, we go into the Scryfall website and we hit the random card generating button. The One of us asks the other the name of the card that comes up. The other one has to give the mana cost of the card. If they get it right, they get a point. If they get it wrong, they have to play against Stasis for the rest of their lives. Forever. Yeah, forever. Every game, regardless of the format. In standard, somebody's just going to end up playing the same. I don't know how it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Going to get DQ'd is what's going to happen. Well, this <laughs> is a good one. You're not oh, getting this no. one. Well, how, Matt, I get three hints, and I have to get three out of five right. Yeet. Perfect. Well, if it's a good one, then let's, let's hear it. This is Ember Shot. Ember Shot? Ember Shot. I don't know if I've ever heard of a more burn spell name in my entire life. I'm going to get real cocky. It's a burn spell. Oh, wow. Now... It's not like lightning bolt and it's not like lightning strike. It's not even one of the weird ones like like searing blaze or anything like that. So it's obviously not a very good burns, which scares me. I'm contemplating giving you the actual text. Oh, is it that impossible? If you would get it, I would know. Well, then I'm not even going to use a hint on it. I'm going to say it is uh, uh, two and two red. So your final answer. Yes. Nope. It is six and a red. <laughs> Oh, six? What does it deal a million damage? It is seven total mana. Let's start there. It is what, six and a red? Six and a red, yeah. Okay. Ember shot. Ember shot deals three damage <laughs> to target like... creature or player, but you get to draw a card. <laughs> You're kidding me. I am not. That's what that's, is this from? This is from Judgment. <laughs> worst card i've ever heard it's real bad so you're getting so you're so let me get this right it's you it's a lightning bolt with a draw card on it for six additional for the yeah yeah, for the small cost of seven mana it is it's lightning bolt with six more mana but you get to draw a card yeah obviously how does that matthew and check out it doesn't this might be the worst card we've ever had it's pretty bad yeah Um, it is a common so if that helps oh popper players out there take notes all right. You, you too can have lightning bolt. Numero dos. You're 0 for 1, PT double. Yeah, shocker. Stern dismissal. This sounds like a counterspell. Are you going to get bold again and just tell me that it's a counterspell? Nope. Not doing anything now. Oh, wait. Stern dismissal? I think I'm going to use a hint on this. Okay, okay. What set is it for? Theros Beyond Death. This is one blue. It's the bounce spell, isn't it? Is that your final answer? Yes. Yes, it's return to oh. creature enchantment to an opponent controls to its owner's hand. I was like, either I am so wrong and I'm going to look like such an asshole. Oh, I've been using, there before. For using the, uh, the, my hint as the set, or I nailed it. And I nailed it. Yeah, you got it. If you would have given right. me the set and it would have been like fucking like shards of Alara or something, I would have been so fucked. Just done for. Uh-huh. All right. Number three, you ready? Yes. Grotog Siege. Grotog Siege Runner. Grotag G R O T A G Siege Runner. Is this an a tog? <laughs> it sounds like it would be. Oh boy. Um, the name kind of suggests that it would be like a green card. Would you like to use your hint? Oh, I don't even know if that's a good idea. I mean, the Siege Runner part, maybe it's red. Oh, should I use a hint? Siege Rhino is. That's, that's Abzan. You're right. If you would, if it would just been straight Siege Rhino, this would have been much easier. But it's not. 
Yeah, you're right. You're not wrong. Oh, man. Maybe I should use a hint on this. It seems like it would be a green or a red card. But, like, I don't even know. Like, is Grotog a, like a tribe from something that I'm not familiar with? Grotag. How do you spell it? G-R-O-W-T-A-G? G-R-O-T-A-G. Okay, no W. Okay. Oh, I have no idea. Um, I'm going to use a hint. Give me the text on this guy. Red. Sacrifice Grotag Seed Runner. Destroy target creature with Defender. Grotag Seed Runner deals two damage to that creature. Oh, so it's a red card for sure. Um, I think this guy is cheap. He seems like he'd just be like a little idiot. You have to, so you pay a red sacrifice. It's not a tap, is it? No. I'm going to say he's a 1-1. One, one. He's like a goblin. That's great and dandy. I need a CMC here, bud. Uh, It's either one in a red or just one red. That's the same thing. No, it, I, one I single red mana or one and a red. You fuck. I'm going to go one and a red. Is that your final answer? It is. That is correct, actually. <laughs> that was you luck. did it. Did I get the one just... one too? Is it a goblin, first of all? It's a goblin, yes. And is it a one one? It's a two one. Ooh, what set is it from? I honestly don't remember. I'm already on to my next one. I hit Forest Island. Now I'm going to have to look it up. Um, it's like the, the, I'm not even trying to describe this symbol because that won't go over well. I wonder if the Grotog is something from Grotag. Grotog is a Tog. It's Sacrifice Forest. It gets plus two, plus two. Yeah. But is the Grotag like a clan from something that I'm not familiar with? Maybe. I'm going to have to, I'm going to do some research. I'm going to do some, I'm going to study myself some, some Grotag. You can study it up. Ready for number four? Yeah. I don't think I'm ever going to get that lucky, but yeah, let's hear it. Angel of Flight Alabaster. Oh, it's an angel. How'd you know? <laughs> uh, has something to do with the text of the card. I have no idea what that. Um, I don't even think I want to use a hint on that. Wait, do I? Angel of Flight Alabaster. Huh. Why does this one kind of sound familiar, though? I don't know. I think I'll save. I'll, I'm going to save my hint for the last one. I'm just going to go for a classic three and two white. Is that your final answer? Yeah, a little bit of Sarah Angel in it. Close, but no cigar. You are incorrect. It's four and white. What does this lady do? This is from Innistrad, dummy. Oh, no. It's a four, four with flying. At the beginning of your upkeep, return target spirit card from your graveyard to your... Oh, this has to be a rare. It's a rare. That explains why I'm not familiar. Oh, this card's actually kind of sweet. Call yourself a spirit, Fino. Why would I... I don't know why I would know that card. It's obviously an angel. It's not an angel spirit, is it? That doesn't seem like something that would ever exist. Oh, well, shit. What we get... I'm not going to read you the name of this one. I'm going to give you a hint. And if you get it, you get it. If not, you don't. Oh, that's not fair. (laughs) That's not how the game works. This is a card. No matter what else is in the pack, you always take this card in Vintage Cube. Pack one, pick one. This is the best card. So it is Soul Ring. It is Soul Ring. Nailed it. It is one colorless mana and you tap and you can add two colorless mana because that's fair. Yep. You got it. Oh, nailed it. So close, but so and far away. I should have used a hint on that one. You should have, you friggin' idiot. I would ask what set it was from. <laughs> that was actually the collector's edition. Oh. That would have been funny. You should have. Yeah, I totally missed you. the opportunity on the good joke. Yeah. I was just so excited that I just blew, that I just crushed it. You did crush it. I missed an Instrad card, but. You got Soul Ring. You did it. I did. I did get rewarded with Soul Ring. Also, kind of, I'm kind of still in shock. About, like, the Lava Geyser or whatever the hell it was, that first card? Oh, uh... Lightning Bolt plus six, man! I, I don't even remember what that card was called. I don't even want to remember what it's called. <laughs> I just am blocking it out of my memory. 
This is called. This is a coping mechanism. That one was real bad. Oh, I can't even believe it. It's actually really funny how bad it is. Oh, that might be the that 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 has to be the single worst card. We've had some turds, but that one takes the cake. Oh, that is some of the worst magic cards on the planet. Judgment was a bad time. Wasn't a good time for magic. Like I don't remember what year that is, but I never want to go back to it. No, it's. It was a weird time in Magic. They didn't know what direction they wanted to go. Well, I'm just happy that it didn't go in the direction that that card took it. Because that is just so unspeakably bad. To be fair, all the other cards are unspeakably bad too. So that one probably isn't as terrible as we're thinking. It's true. All right, Matt. Well, that means I get the shout out, bud. That means you get the shout out. And let me pull it up real quick. Because it's actually a guy that... Um, I know you're familiar with, and I know he has a Twitter. He also has a YouTube, and he also streams a good amount. Here we go. I found his Twitter. Um, my shout-out this week is actually Jarvis U. Okay. I like Jarvis U. He's a cool dude. Hell yeah. And with all my infinite free time, uh, I've been kind of perusing the YouTubes, and I found a video of him playing Legacy, which he is a phenomenal Legacy player, an out-of-this-world Legacy player. He's so good. Yeah, he kills it. Big fan of lands, I remember. Yeah, he's a absolute master. But he also does stream, and he does have, like I said, the YouTube thing going on. Um, but he has a YouTube video right now where he plays Cephalid Breakfast, an updated version of that deck. Oof. And that is a deck that I completely forgot exists. For good reason. Oh, dude, the deck is so sweet. I love it. For, I mean, I guess for those of you out here that out there that don't know what's happening breakfast, uh, it's a mess. Just completely forget about us even talking about it because it's just it's it's a real issue. You honestly could have stopped there, and that's fine. Yeah, but if you do, if you are interested in it, um, you can go watch Jarvis play it because uh, it's a very entertaining video, and he's super smart, uh, crazy good at magic. You can find him on Twitter at jkyu06 on Twitter, and I and he. All of his tweets, he posts either him his Twitter link or a link to Twitch his, link or something. Yeah, yeah, his his or yeah, a Twitch link or yeah, his YouTube video or something like that. Like, yeah, he is always like posting about him him doing streams and stuff. So go check him out. Uh, his streams are entertaining. His chats usually pretty engaging, um, and it's legacy. So can't be mad about that. True, well, you can. It won't do you much good though. So that's right. Legacy's dead. Remember that. Legacy's dead. Except it's not. Long live the queen. We forgot to talk about Missouri MTG's 100K. We'll have to talk about that. Next. We will do that next because that, I mean, it's already sold out, which sucks. But Jeremy should, dude. He's the best. Yeah. Yes. It just made me think of that when you said Legacy's dead. That's so a look bit forward of, to that. That's a preview for next week. Yeah. So tune right. in then. Also, see you next week, nerds! Peace! <laughs>